0: On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl On Location. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina
1: Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Your team every single day of the week here on the network. Make sure to rate, review and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Spotify and all of the other major podcasting platforms out there. And make sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council where every single Friday here on the show I answer your weekly mailbag questions so make sure to either at me or DM me at Julian Council. Get those questions into me now because I'm sure you have plenty of them. The Carolina Panthers began life without Joe Brady on Monday afternoon as they returned to the practice field following their week 13 by ahead of their week 14 matchup this Sunday at home against the division rival Atlanta Falcons. The Carolina Panthers sitting at 5-7. and seven. Still technically in a playoff hunt, could get a win on Sunday that could keep them alive. But that's not the focus among many people here across the fan base as the Carolina Panthers are still just in disarray as they try to figure out how they can improve this team over the next five weeks of the season. And Matt Rule believes in order to do that, he had to get rid of Joe Brady. He spoke to the media on Monday afternoon about his decision to get rid of Joe Brady, Talked about how he met with Joe on Saturday following the week of evaluation. Couldn't meet with him on Saturday, instead he met with him on Sunday morning and let Joe know that he no longer required his services as the offensive coordinator here in Carolina. Matt Rule saying to the media... On Monday about Joe Brady, he's done a lot of great things getting us moving in the right direction, but this was something I felt like from a football perspective we needed to do now. Out of respect to Joe, I probably won't get into tremendous detail. This was just something as hard as it is, I felt was right for us right now. He also went on to uh, say this when he was asked about whether he regrets his decision. To bring in Joe Brady saying, I certainly don't look at this as a mistake. I think what Joe did the first year dealing with COVID and installing a whole new system. We had some turnover at the quarterback position. I look at Joe's time here and see all the good things he did. You get to a time such as this and it's time to move in another direction and continue the evaluation or the evolution, excuse me, and the process of building forward. I'll say it again. I think Joe's going to have a fantastic career. Sometimes the worst things that happen to you are the best. I'm grateful for his time here. He's done a lot. At his young age, he's got a lot more to do, and he'll do a lot of great things moving forward. So quite simply, philosophically, Matt Rule and Joe Brady just weren't on the same page. We heard it over the last couple weeks, the disconnect that was there where Matt Rule talked about how he wanted to run the ball 30-plus times a game, and then they would get into games, and the Panthers would run the ball 17 times. And that's just not how Joe Brady wanted to operate the offense, and Matt Rule obviously didn't want to operate the offense the way that Joe Brady wanted to operate the offense. And we knew at some point in time, especially with the team uh, struggling offensively this season, whether it was with Sam Darnold or with P.J. Walker in relief or with Cam Newton last time we saw this team play in Miami, things just have not worked out for Carolina offensively under Joe Brady's watch here in 2021. Matt Rule also mentioned how he kind of went outside of his comfort zone when he hired Joe Brady, trying to make a splash higher instead of Hiring someone like he has here in Carolina, who's now going to take over the play calling and his longtime friend and colleague, Jeff Nixon, who called the plays for him back at Baylor and who he's known dating back to the time growing up in Pennsylvania and playing at Penn State. It would have made a lot of sense had Jeff Nixon, who, like Phil Snow, actually had experience as a coordinator at the collegiate level and on any level, unlike Joe Brady, would have been the OC from day one. He was also asked on Monday whether this will be a five game tryout for Jeff Nixon And Matt Rule just said we're only focused on this week and trying to beat Atlanta. So he's not going to look ahead to the future and decide what he's going to do and what he's not going to do. But I would think for a coach who is going to have a ton of pressure moving forward through the next five weeks, and we'll get into the ownership part of this and that pressure that's going to be on Matt Rule, that he probably wants to have people he's more familiar with opposed to going out there and trying to get someone who does not know like he did with Joe Brady, who he claimed – in past interviews that he had identified as someone as he, who he wanted to be his OC in the same way where he and Evan Cooper, the secondary coach here in Carolina, identified Teddy Bridgewater as being the main man for him whenever he got to an NFL franchise to be his first starting quarterback. And going back and looking at that situation, Joe Brady turns out to be the fall guy. Chris Carter always said, you got to have a fall guy. Joe Brady, just like Teddy Bridgewater last year, was the fall guy for Matt Rule. Well, there's not very many fall guys left for the Carolina Panthers. And when I look at the situation here with Joe Brady in this offense and also Matt Rule, I mentioned this yesterday. It's not Joe Brady's fault that the Carolina Panthers moved away from Teddy Bridgewater, who he had a relationship with and had success with in that offense, despite being 28th in the red zone last year out of 32 teams. they are only 22nd this year, so it's not like they've gotten much better. And then also going 0 for 8 in situations to either tie or win the game last season with Bridgewater. The ownership wanted to make a move, okay? Well, that led to failing to get Matthew Stafford, couldn't get Deshaun Watson, and landing on Sam Darnold. Joe Brady did not ask for Sam Darnold. Joe Brady was not the one looking at film of Frankie Louvu in New York and deciding, like, we need to go after Sam Darnold. That was a rule decision. That was a Scott Fitterer decision. Joe Brady did not decide to go out there and bring in Cam Irving or Pat Elfline on the first few minutes of of free agency that was not his decision those were the pieces that were handed to him with that being said Joe Brady did not evolve there were frustrations that we saw on the sideline that played out with Robbie Anderson during the Philadelphia Eagles game where Sam Darnold was picked off three times and we even saw early in the season just when it came to halftime adjustments we saw this last year where the Carolina Panthers in the third quarter seemingly had no answer Joe Brady did not adapt to the National Football League in the manner that he needed to this past offseason yes the offensive line is terrible yes the quarterback play has been abysmal and Chris McCaffrey's been out and the number three wide receiver has not emerged after losing Curtis Samuel Joe Brady is a smart guy I believe that he didn't all of a sudden become dumb after a season where he had four guys go over a thousand yards from scrimmage and a quarterback who all of you hated was better than the one he has this season but things did not work here in Carolina. Him and Matt Rule just were not a pair. But I do not put all the blame on Joe Brady because I question how much success Jeff Nix is going to have in the next five weeks. Don't get it twisted. I don't have much confidence at all moving forward through the final five weeks that anything's going to change. Matt Rule was asked about this. They're not going to change their scheme. This is what the offense is. There's not time for Jeff Nixon to bring in a brand new offense and implement that. They can certainly try different things. Now that Christian McCaffrey's out, they're already used to not having him over the course of five weeks this season when he missed out with the hamstring injury and, of course, going back to last year. So they know how to operate an offense without him. Not effectively, mind you, at least this season. Last year they made do without him, you know, fairly just fine considering who they had on the roster. And Mike Davis was a lot better than what we've had so far this season. With Chuba Hubbard and Yamir Abdullah ending and, in and spots and top points and times there in the season with Royce Freeman. I don't expect the offense to all of a sudden be better. Cam Newton will have a greater understanding of the offense moving forward, which will help them play faster and hopefully be able to execute moving forward. But the offensive line is still a problem. Robbie Anderson has regressed mightily in this year after he just got an extension. There's no one, number three wide receiver. It's hard to have a lot of it. Um, confidence in the Carolina Panthers offense moving forward just because they got rid of Joe Brady. Firing Joe Brady moves the needle for me just as much as hiring Joe Brady. I've already went over why I was skeptical of the hire, and if you knew me back when I was at FNZ, I felt the same way. I hate to be the guy where everyone's celebrating hiring Joe Brady, but, like, guys, we did not see enough. And I think Joe Brady is kind of a victim. It's not – I don't want to say he's a victim – But it's a product of him not having enough experience that has led to the situation here where he got exposed in the NFL. And this is something that Chris Sims said a couple weeks ago, that the Carolina Panthers offense looks like they've been figured out. They've been found out. Well, duh. You got a 32-year-old OC who's never called plays, had success last year, tried to do the same things this year, and tried to also... Implement more of a pass-heavy attack and try to go down the field. Remember all the talk last year of Teddy Bridgewater—he can't throw down the field—and bringing in Sam Darnold, what that was going to allow the Carolina Panthers to do with the deep ball, and we saw it week one with Robbie Anderson. That has not materialized, and that goes back to the whole philosophical um, approach that was different with Joe Brady and Matt Rule. Like Matt Rule wants to do this old-school Bill Parcells—we got to hit this exact number of 56, you know, pa- uh, completions and run attempts. Where Joe Brady is just like, let's just throw the ball over the yard like all the other good teams in the National Football League do. The Carolina Panthers, like Matt Rule said, don't have an elite passing game. Therefore, they need to run the football. But the plan was to have an elite passing game. And the quarterback that they brought, Joe Brady, was not capable of doing that. So at the end of the day, is it really Joe Brady's fault that he failed? Or is it the organization's fault they put him in a position, a young coordinator still learning on the job, in a position where he was not going to be successful? Both can be true. Joe Brady... Probably should have never had a job in the National Football League as an OC. We'll see what his future holds. There's talk that maybe maybe he's going to go down to Miami and team up Mario Cristobal as his OC. He has Miami connections. Would be great homecoming for him. I also think he's probably a guy who wants to try and stick around in the NFL as long as possible before going back to college. So we'll see. It's no longer the Carolina Panthers problem, but the Carolina Panthers problems have not gone away just because Joe Brady is no longer the OC here in Carolina. And maybe the biggest problem in Carolina might not be going away for a long time. And that's the owner, David Tepper. What kind of role does he play in Joe Brady no longer being the OC here in Carolina? We'll get into that in just a moment. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too, and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become switch to boost mobile and find out get a free samsung galaxy a32 5g when you switch to one of america's largest 5g networks more power to save boost mobile free phone limited to new customers and one per line additional restrictions apply Offers slash coverage on available everywhere or for all phones slash network see BoostMobile.com for details Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away, and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once in a lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location sb 56 or search Super Bowl on location. There's no doubt that there's a lot of pressure on Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers heading into the final five weeks. For the players on the team, they're playing for contracts, for new jobs and new opportunities potentially here or in other cities. But also, they're playing to try and be one of the seven teams in the NFC that are going to go to the playoffs. And if they win on Sunday and then can win at least three of their final four games after that, they will probably be a playoff team. I don't have a lot of confidence that's going to happen and that's very unfortunate and why we're here in the position today where we're talking about Joe Brady no longer being the OC here in Carolina and about the future for the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule, who a lot of you are already out on. I have made it known that I believe that Matt Rule, if he was brought here to be a program builder, like David Tepper said, that Matt Rule should be given a third year. Now, here's the but. But if they lose the final five games of the season here, after already losing two extremely important games the past two weeks, so lose their last seven games and wind up 5-12, and 12, a worse record than they had last season, then all bets are off the table. And I would not be surprised at all if David Tepper moved on from Matt Rule. And apparently, there is a growing sentiment that that might be what happens if things do not get corrected here over the next five weeks in Carolina. Mike Florio, who is the host of Pro Football Talk, uh, the radio show, he was on Monday morning with Mike Golick, who joins him every Monday. And they were talking about the decision to move on from Joe Brady after a year and a half. He spoke to someone inside the league who would know. And he said to him, three words, head coach next. Matt Rule. The hot seat, he is on it. It is flaming hot right now for Matt Rule, whether I, you agree with it or not. I don't necessarily agree that should be the case. Now, if they lose uh, the final seven games of the season, the next five, then I I wouldn't blame David Tepper from trying to move on. But David Tepper is the man who called him a program builder. David Tepper also is the man who said that Rome was not built in a day. And he talked about having that short-term suffering for that long-term sustained success that he promised here in Carolina, and we have not gotten that so far with his head coach. I have applauded David Tepper for the willingness to spin whatever it takes to never have the Carolina Panthers at a competitive disadvantage. The new facility that he's got built down there in Rock Hill, putting the Atrium Health Dome there in Carolina, a team that had to go out and practice in the ballroom and uptown when it rained. That kind of stuff at the NFL level was always embarrassing and part of why it's a great thing that Jerry Richardson, who was running this place like a mom and pop shop, among other things that led to his um, ouster or led to him selling the team and David Tepper being here, why it's a good thing that Tepper's here with all the money that he has and being the richest owner in the National Football League. But there are plenty of positive things. I praise David Tepper for waiting to build the football side of things after he had built the business side of the operation and keeping Ron Rivera when he could have fired him because that was not the coach that he had. But I'll also say this when it comes to David Tepper impatience. I don't really believe that he has very much at all. Ron Rivera... He inherited him when he bought the team here in Carolina. The Panthers were coming off of a playoff berth down back in 2017, so it wasn't like he was inheriting a bad football team. 2018 things didn't work out. He could have got rid of Ron. Decided, no, I'm going to bring him back in 2019, which would have made the most sense anyway at that point in time. Make a few changes. You understand that your quarterback Cam Newton was injured. Cam comes back healthy in 2019. You add Gerald McCoy. he got a good defense. You can figure things out. Kane gets hurt. Things don't go right. And with four weeks left in the season, David Tepper says, we're moving on. I'm going to hire my own guy. Okay, well, within his right. But he at least, you know, sort of showed patience there, even though the only smart decision to be made was to bring back Ron Rivera. But now that he has his own guys in and his own team, he hasn't shown that much patience. Go back to the decision that we were just talking about to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater. That was David Tepper who made it known. When he let go of Marty Herney, that they need to be in constant pursuit of that franchise quarterback who can lift a Lombardi trophy and have a parade here in uptown Charlotte. That's what he wants. He did not see Teddy Bridgewater as that guy. He did not want to sit here and watch Teddy Bridgewater for another season, which led to the pursuit of Matthew Stafford that did not work with Deshaun Watson multiple times. that of course has not come to fruition passing up on Justin Fields and Mac Jones because he wanted a veteran he did not want to sit there and have to wait for a couple seasons for a rookie, even though that would have been the most prudent, intelligent decision for the Carolina Panthers to make when it came to the quarterback evaluation. And is what most teams that have a brand new head coach and GM do didn't want to do it back in 2020 or in the 2021 drafts and, Instead, it lands on Sam Darnold in the situation where we have here today where Joe Brady is no longer the OC, and apparently it's his fault that David Tepper is not patient enough, and it's his fault that Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer can't identify the proper quarterback. Now, you can also look at that situation and say that those two guys were backed in the corner. They had to bring somebody that wasn't Bridgewater and who wasn't a rookie, and the only option that they had after uh, striking out on Stafford and Watson was Sam Darnold, and, well, it hasn't worked out. But it all goes up to the top. And when I look at what might be the biggest problem for the Carolina Panthers moving forward, it's not necessarily the head coach. It's not necessarily the quarterback position or the offensive line. The biggest problem the Carolina Panthers might have moving forward is the owner. Ownership is the biggest competitive advantage in sports. If you have a good owner you have a chance to be a good team. Robert Kraft is a fantastic owner, and that's why the New England Patriots have been the best team for over 20 years here in the National Football League. You look at where David Tepper came from in Pittsburgh. The Rooney family have been the model of how to run an NFL franchise with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have seen that. How much patience that they have with their coaches, whether it's been Chuck Knoll, whether it's been Bill Cowher, and now with Mike Tomlin. They don't fire coaches in Pittsburgh. They are patient. They're even patient enough to bring back Big Ben Roethlisberger, who's well past his prime, but they're sitting at 6-5-1 and and firmly in the playoff race and in the division race there in the NFC North. They show patience. You would think, coming from Pittsburgh, that then David Tepper would also have the patience and understand how to run a franchise. You'd be wrong. Look at Jimmy Haslam who's a big donor at the University of Tennessee, whose football program has been in disarray for over the last 15-plus years. Look at where he came from. He came from Pittsburgh. He owns the Cleveland Browns. How many head coaches has he had? How many failed quarterbacks has he had? How many failed first-round picks has he had? Numerous. This year, was supposed to be a big year for Cleveland. It looks like they finally have things figured out with GM Andrew Barry, but quarterback with Baker Mayfield. We'll see what the future is there. But the Cleveland Browns still are not that stable of an organization. They're in a much better spot than they've been in, but there were years where Jimmy Haslam, as the owner of the Cleveland Browns, where it was a complete clown show, and now we're seeing that. We're seeing the Jimmy Haslam NFL owner type coming out of Pittsburgh here with David Tepper more so than we are seeing the Dan Rooney and the Rooney family um, ownership archetype here in Carolina, which is an issue. David Tepper is not meddling in decision-making here in Carolina. He is an active participant you see him at practice, walking around the sidelines. You see him on game days. You see him outside the locker room. You see him on TV in the in the in his uh, whatever his box or his suite, whatever it may be. He is an ever presence here in Carolina. Same thing with Jerry Rich or Jerry Jones down in Dallas. But Jerry Jones at least has been able to field playoff teams as a guy who's been ahead of personnel down there in Dallas. He has not won a Super Bowl. It's been elusive probably because Jerry Jones is not the man who should be running the Dallas Cowboys personnel decisions, but it's not the same situation here in Carolina where David Tepper has hired his own people. But yet I understand he should be told about the decisions that are made. Like what Matt rule told said, he's like, I'm not just going to fire Joe Brady and not tell the owner. Yes. Tell the owner and the owner can say, thank you. But the owner has to get out of the way and let his people do their job. And the owner also has to hire the right people. So if Matt rule fails, that's on David Tepper because this is the guy that Matt, that David Tepper wanted to get. Remember, David Tepper liked Matt Rule because he looked at him and saw himself. They both dressed like crap. That's what he said. He just is like crap. So do I. We are just both, you know, dull, focused guys on our profession, that whole deal. That's why he hired him. He didn't talk about hiring the best X and O coach or the best guy who had NFL experience. He went out there and got a guy that he vibed with and he could have a drinking buddy or whatever. And that's going to be his head coach, Matt Rule, who had very little NFL experience. It may very well work out here long term in Carolina with Matt Rule. I doubt it at this point in time. I think he's deserved another year and you can... Maybe Sam, I'm contradicting myself by saying that I think that he should be back. But hey, give him another opportunity. Let's see. Allow him to make the changes. If things get better, at least over the next five weeks, they don't completely bottom out. Then sure, bring him back and see what they can do and give him one more crack at trying to get a quarterback and fix things here in Carolina. Because firing and hiring coaches every two to three years is not a good thing. And that's not what you want to do. That is the opposite of stability. You see that kind of play out in college football where everybody thinks that they should be a winner and they should be doing more and more and more. And you see all the buyout money out there. Hiring and firing coaches is not a formula to success. Again, Jimmy Haslam, Cleveland, how many coaches have they hired and fired? That's not the situation that you want here in Carolina. At the, where we've seen the last two head coaches have been here for, what, at least nine years? With John Fox and Ron Rivera, and both of them went to Super Bowls. They lost, but they went to playoffs multiple times, didn't have the back-to-back winning seasons that we want to have here in Carolina, but there was at least a level of stability for about an 18-year period here in Carolina before bringing in Matt Rule. So you don't want to sit here and watch a coach get fired after only two seasons. Yes, he's made bad decisions, But the person who could be the worst decision maker here in Carolina may very well be the owner David Tepper if he's going to go out here and make a rash decision because he's upset. He talks about how he gets pissed off after games, and he shares the same sentiment as a lot of fans out there, which is a nice thing to hear. If you're someone who is in love and dedicated to the Carolina Panthers, you want the owner to feel the way that you feel. But you also don't want the owner to make emotional rash decisions, which... I would not be surprised if David Tepper does. If the Carolina Panthers like go out and lose by, if they get blown up by Atlanta, he might be like, "Fine, pulling the plug. I'm done with this." Y'all might celebrate it, but he has to hire the right person, and he would have already proven in his first NFL head coaching hire that he didn't get it right. So, is that a positive thing for the Carolina Panthers? I don't think so. If anything, if they want to move on for the head coach, I want Scott Fitterer being the one who makes the hire. I want Scott Fitter to lead the charge and to go hire the head coach, and let, and I want David Tepper to let him do his job. But if David Tepper is not going to fire anybody, at least with Matt Rule, there's going to be other changes, I'm sure, then let Matt Rule and Scott Fitter do their job. And if they can't evaluate and get the right guys to fix his team and get them as that year three jump that we typically see with Matt Rule back in the past at Temple and Baylor, he's not able to do that, then you can move on if you think it's time. But I don't want to hear any more about, you know, it's the Rome wasn't built in the day, and David Tepper's trying to move on after two years. Like, that's not patience at all. And that's you admitting a mistake. In if you want to admit a mistake that you believe that you made a mistake, you want to make it right away, go ahead and do it. But it's going to make it very hard for me, and I think for people out there as well, to have a ton of confidence and ownership moving forward to make the right decision when they we so quick to find out that they made the wrong decision where historically we've seen college coaches don't do well in the NFL and anyone day one could have told him that very likely this is not going to work out with Matt Rule. He doesn't have the college experience and a lot of the guys on the staff don't have the pro experience either. So, all right, we'll see what happens. But I'm just going to say right here, right now, the Carolina Panthers, they have a lot of problems on the field with the head coaching staff right now and the coaching staff overall and some of the players that are missing and that are there. But one of the biggest problems moving forward, and one that you can't just get rid of, might be the ownership in David Tepper. All right, take a quick pause. Some updates on some guys who are coming back, some guys who are gone, looking ahead to uh, Sunday afternoon against Atlanta at Bank of America Stadium. In life, we're all bound for different things. With BeachBound.com Vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be as happy as can be. With BeachBound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit BeachBound.com today.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: We all know that on Sunday afternoon at the Carolina Panthers don't beat the Atlanta Falcons that the season is pretty much over. We already... Kind of feel that way anyways, but they go down to five and eight overall with four weeks left to play at Buffalo next weekend um, on a Sunday afternoon. Thought that might be a primetime game on a Saturday, but unfortunately, that's not the case, but they have Buffalo, Tampa twice, and then New Orleans at the Superdome. They might not win another game if they don't win on Sunday. Uh, New Orleans, they're not really playing well. They've kind of had a slump. Taysom Hill threw four picks the other night on Thursday Night Football They got a problem at the quarterback position, and they might have had one even had Jameis been healthy. But this year has had the sort of regression a lot of folks uh, thought there would be with the New Orleans Saints this season. I still thought New Orleans would be a team that would be fairly good just based off the roster. We'll see what happens through the next five weeks for New Orleans and for uh, that Saints team that, of course, none of us are really all that concerned about. They could still be a playoff team. Hell, Minnesota just lost to the winless Detroit Lions on Sunday. San Francisco went and lost on the road to Seattle. Carolina's still in this. It's as crazy as it sounds. They are still alive in the playoff race, and a win against Atlanta on Sunday is pretty much required if they want to have any sort of shot moving into the final four weeks of the season, sitting at six and seven. Not where I said that they needed to be. I thought seven and six or eight and five, that's where they needed to be to have any sort of margin for error. But there is no room for error moving forward for the Carolina Panthers. They have to win on Sunday against Atlanta. Now, they'll be out without a few players on Sunday. Frankie Louvu, who's been a key special teamer and also a key second um, string player at linebacker this season on the outside as an edge rusher. He will be out because he's on the COVID list. So will be Trent Scott, who the right guard has filled in the last couple weeks for an injured John Miller. He will be out on the COVID list as well. Those guys, I don't know their vaccination status, but it seems that they will be um, they are vaccinated and they'll need to have two separate negative tests, PCR tests. So the nostril one, not very fun over a 24-hour period in order to be able to come back and potentially play on Sunday. Don't think that's going to happen, likely, for Trent Scott, who went on the list on Monday, and then Frankie Luva went on the list last week. Around the same time, a lot of the Charlotte Hornets players went on their own uh, NFL health and safety protocol uh, COVID list. So some jokes there about whether Frankie Luva was hanging out with the Hornets. I don't think that was the case. Hopefully, Him and Trent Scott will both be healthy and will be fine, able to recover from COVID. He'll be back here helping out this team uh, next weekend, if not able to play on Sunday afternoon against the Falcons. Someone who might be available is Cam Irving, the starting left tackle who's been out on IR the last couple weeks. He was designated to return from IR on Monday, and we'll see whether he gets to play on Sunday. I don't think looking back this year, that there have been anyone, maybe other than Christian McCaffrey, who was designated for return and actually played the week that they were designated to return. They have 21 days to activate him from that list. So we'll see what happens with Cam Irving on Sunday and whether he's able to play. But the Carolina Panthers, it's been a struggle all year, but the focus has to be there this week in practice for the Carolina Panthers. They have to know that this game on Sunday is going to determine whether their season's going to be alive and also going to determine whether they have a different coach next year. And I'm sure some of you are like, well, lose, lose, lose. Worry about the draft pick. Forget about the head coach. We'll see how it plays out. But they cannot have any chance at getting to the playoffs, despite all the teams that lost this past week and the week prior. If they do not win the game against Atlanta on Sunday, hopefully Cam Newton has backup, is up to speed Rather, with the uh, playbook and there could be some sort of changes and they can get some pretty good connection there um, with his wide receivers and maybe Jeff Nixon can bring in some different wrinkles to help the Carolina Panthers this week. I, I don't know. Don't have a ton of confidence in this offense, but defensively, they don't have Dante Jackson the rest of the season, but they still have plenty of key pieces. Can that defense... Bounce back after two rough weeks against Miami and, of course, against Washington where they got ran all over and Taylor Heineke was out there playing backyard football and making play after play. And you got to give that guy a ton of kudos. Went on the road, threw a pick on Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas and then brought his team back on the next drive for a game-winning drive. And he has Washington firmly sitting right there in the wild card race in the playoff spot currently. So kudos to Ron Rivera and Taylor Heineke, what they've been able to do. But the Carolina Panthers are going to need some of that. Magic from someone on their team. And Cam Newton, that's why he's here. It was a desperate move by the Carolina Panthers. It was also the only move that made any sense. But it was a desperate move bringing Cam here to try and save the season. He had one of the worst performances by a starting quarterback that we've ever seen in a National Football League last time out against Miami. Again, there's reasons for that. I'm not sitting here to bang on Cam. But we got to see Superman on Sunday afternoon against Atlanta for the Carolina Panthers to try and keep their season alive, even though a season that already seems to be dead. But still... Teams keep losing the in the NFC playoff race, keeping the Carolina Panthers alive. It all starts on Sunday against Atlanta. We'll have plenty of coverage of that game throughout the rest of the week. Gonna try and get a guest here on Wednesday. Show also going to have our weekly crossover episode on Thursday with Aaron Freeman. Then on Friday, the weekly Friday mailbag. Make sure to at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council, but make sure to first follow me at Julian Council. On Twitter and make sure to also rate review and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, and you can follow us on Spotify and all the other major podcasting platforms wherever you are stay safe have a great day great night great morning I don't know either way I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday thank you for the support goodbye